Hi, guys. Hi. So I just started getting a cold two, day two, two days ago, and I was like, uh-uh, like that's not stopping me from speaking tonight. And it's been three years since I've shared my testimony here, and so I was just like thinking earlier today, I was just like, wow, God, you're so good of all that's just, just happened in the past three years, and I'm just going to share a little bit about that. I'm going to actually get my water here. Thank you. Yeah. So, Tara, I don't know if you guys know Tara, but uh, she asked me to give my testimony probably about a month ago, and I was like, you know, God, what do you want me to share? And, you know, like, everybody's at, you know, everybody asks God that question. And, um, and he's like, I want you to stay in this place of asking me what you want me to share. Meaning, he always wants us to have a testimony that's ready to be given at any given moment. So he wants me to be living in a lifestyle to live in constant awareness of what I'm doing so that I will always be prepared. And he brought me to the realization there is always something that he wants to do in me and it's always a part of what he is already doing. So um, three years ago, how many of you in this room have been through Christ's life? You all hear it's amazing. If you haven't been in it, you've probably heard about it or that you should do it, or pointed to it, say, if only you did a Christ life, you know, like, all your problems would be solved. That's not true, by the way. Um, but going through Christ life, you gain a lot of tools. Like, we talk a lot about um, taking every thought captive and taking on the mind of Christ, and you also learn a lot about your value and who you are. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. So through that, the Lord knew that I needed to learn my value and what I have to offer by walking through life in all situations so that he could show me, no matter how hard it got, my value still remains. A verse that uh, really stood out to me my whole life, actually I had a dream when I was seven years old where Jesus actually stood beside me in the dream and he was reading this verse. And like for years and years, I couldn't tell like where this verse was. I was like, oh my gosh, what is that verse? And I just knew that it was John 4 something. But when I went through Christ's life, my facilitator read it and as soon as he read it, I was like, that was the verse that was in my dream when I was seven years old. And this is three years ago that I had that realization. And this is the verse, John 4.32, for you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And growing up, this verse was actually um, used against me, whereas like, truth will set you free, Christina. Come on, tell the truth, come on. And, uh, and the Lord actually used that to redeem and he showed me, he's like, you may, know, you may not know what freedom looks like, but I'm going to show you what that looks like and also what truth, and that's going to be the thing that sets you free. Um, so I was, I was easily manipulated a lot in, in a lot of ways, but I was allowing my feelings to lead my spirit. This is what I'm going to talk about tonight, um, rather than having my spirit lead my soul. And so this, the past three years has just been that continuous journey of having my, learning what it's like to have my spirit lead my soul. 
When I was manipulated, it was really hard to see the truth and know what, tr what freedom truly looked like because I always felt confused and tied to someone or something. If somebody wasn't having a great day, I would instantly agree with that feeling that they were having, and then I too would become down, and then I thought that I would like be making the situation worse. I was like, oh, well, like, you don't need me in the room, I'm just gonna go over here. <coughs> and this actually happened um, with my roommate, um, and where she wasn't really having that great of a day, and so I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna step out here. And then later I found out, when she told me later, she's like, you know when, when, you, walked out of the, when you walked out of the room when I was down? And I was like, yeah. And she told me, she's like, she's like, even though I was down, just your presence was really comforting. And I just wanted you to be there with me. And that just like stood out to me. And it just made me just realize how, how much of an environment shifter I am in that moment. And it just instantly broke off like all those lies of like, like people are better off without you or you're making things worse. And it's funny because manipulation doesn't always need an outside source. Meaning you may feel manipulated by somebody, but they're actually not the enemy that's manipulating you. Like you're allowing those lies to manipulate yourself. So we have nobody to blame. I manipulated myself with the feelings of neglect, abandonment, loneliness, rejection, unwantedness, and unworthiness. And because I didn't shut these lies down when I had the chance, it was really easy to judge myself. And in the process, I was realizing that I started to become addicted to my feelings because I was only going off of what I was feeling and, and listening to that rather than the truth. And because I was getting addicted to my feelings, I would then protect myself from people, which in turn was I was actually hurting myself and my destiny of becoming a powerful tool of influence to the people around me. I then heard the Lord tell me that he wanted to deliver me from being addicted to my feelings. That's crazy. Who knew that you could be addicted to your feelings? I mean, like, you know, that's like, that's deep. <laughs> Anywho. Yeah. So I was being addicted to my feelings, the feelings that were leading me to believe the lies that I was a victim of my circumstances and people around me. But the Lord started to show me that I couldn't experience breakthrough without having something to break through. And I hated, so I hated tests, I hated competitions, because I didn't actually think that I could win. And I love what Ashley said last week when she shared about um, looking forward to trials, because those are opportunities to win. And so the Lord has been taking my mindset and, and shifting my mindset to viewing trials, um, from, from viewing them as obstacles to that now viewing them as opportunities. And he had to re realign what a competitive spirit looked like. So he wanted me to become more competitive because he knew that I had what it took to keep fighting for my victory. And we all know that your breakthrough is as good as your follow-up.
So now I'm learning to bring others into the victory and breakthrough that I'm receiving rather than judging the people that might be struggling or might even be doing better than me. And I realized that it was easy to compare myself and judge others when I can't even see the destiny or the calling over my own life. It's easier to have an outward focus living in envy and comparison when you're not living in an awareness of your own testimony. But God opened my eyes to how I am chosen and how I can bring others into his chosen family as well. Matthew twenty-two fourteen says, many are called but few are chosen. And this verse has been like spoken over me like over the course of my life. But my question was always, who are the chosen ones and what's, what makes us different, you know? But listen to this. John 15, 16 says, for you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last and so that whatever you may ask in the name of my father, I will give you. Also, 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And one more, Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. I'm just giving it to you guys. <laughs> just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love, he predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will. Transitioning a little bit, when, so when I'm not feeling chosen, or when I feel that shame, he still calls me chosen to proclaim his excellencies with our testimony and to bring his kindness to the world. Now he shows me two things about myself that are a game changer, and that is courage and kindness. Have you guys seen the new Cinderella movie? Yes, I love it. But in it, the mother says, always have courage and be kind. And I believe that kindness has to start with something to, your, to yourself, being kind to yourself. And that was something that I really, really struggled with. And I believe that if women operated more out of a place of courage and kindness rather than fear, it would lead to less competition between each other, between women, and others would be pulled in rather than pushed out of community. Speaking out of a place of courage with kindness has allowed me to love to learn to love myself better and teach people how to love me. I have learned that if I can love myself and other men and women, that I wouldn't have to victimize myself to people. I believe that if we men and women practice more kindness and courage, then we wouldn't have to manipulate people to like us. And that's what I, that's what I did. I used kindness as a way to manipulate people to like me because I was so eager for people just to like me, because I hated displeasing, I hated failing, I just hated it. And for me, kindness towards a man looked like, oh, I don't have interest in you, but I'm gonna keep the conversation going anyways because I don't wanna be disliked. So in order to avoid being disliked, I would engage with men as much as they had tried to romantically engage me, but this actually led me into situations where I didn't even realize how I had even gotten there. All because I didn't, like, I didn't want somebody to dislike me. But instead, I'm learning that it is actually more loving for me to communicate honestly 
and not to lead anybody on. It took me loving people in my life to love me enough to ask me hard questions like, are you aware of how you engage with men in conversations? And by that question, it made me aware that I really wasn't aware. <laughs> and even now that I'm in, in a happy relationship, it does not stop there. But just like people pulled me in and believed in me, I too can call out the destiny in others. And I learned that when you call somebody into their destiny, when they are whether they are walking in it or not, you will actually draw out their identity and they will start heading in the right direction, I promise you. Romans 2.4 says that it's the kindness of the Lord that leads people to repentance. So with my own person, personal testimony of how I am walking to love, how I am learning to walk in love for myself and for others, I'm learning what it is to be a sister in this community specifically, to break the competitive nature and to start bringing out the heart of other women in their nurturing hearts, as well as bringing out the protectors in men. And I too am called to bring out the goodness in people to what they believe, that they too are overcomers, and that together we can break the human spirit of separation, isolation, and comparison in our culture. And that we can bring others into the chosen family, that we can no longer be afraid of each other, but to change our community with the testimonies that we ourselves have to offer. Thank you guys.